Hello everyone, and welcome to another uh, Wii Top 10 first party uh, segment, I guess. I never really know how to introduce that. Uh, I am Scott Thompson. Today I am joined by James Jones. Hi. And Alex Kalafi. Hello there. And uh, we're going to be talking about Xenoblade Chronicles, or possibly just Xenoblade if you're in Japan. Um, yeah, w- what number is this, James? You just wrote the thing. What number is it? Yeah. I don't know. On our list. Okay, you don't know. Uh, I'm going to say five or four. That seems right. That's about where we are on the list. <laughs> okay. Well, you'll know by the time you download this, because it'll be in the title. But, um, yeah, so Xenoblade Chronicles uh, has sort of had a tumultuous history as far as appearing in regions outside of Japan. Uh, it came to Europe last year and finally arrived in America in April of this year. And uh, developed by Monolith Soft. And, um... Yeah, it's just a great RPG, I think. Uh, Alex, you reviewed the game, and James, I think you played the game before it was even available in America, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Uh, so why is Xenoblade Chronicles worthy of being uh, considered one of the top ten Wii games? Because it's really good. That'll do it. <laughs> I think I think we're done here. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in tomorrow for number three or four, whichever one this one isn't. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, it's... It's really because the game just goes to, to whatever extremes was, were necessary to make it as amazing and unique an experience as possible. I mean, it doesn't. It feels like there was no filter when they were making this game. They just did. You know, they thought, "Hey, that sounds like a good idea." They did it. There was no concern for spending more time than necessary on any particular aspect of the game. I mean, everything feels like it's it's as done as they could possibly do it. I, I would take an example of uh, not not to denigrate either of these games, but uh, if you, the, the whole story about Galaxy Two being the developers still had more ideas, it feels like on Xenoblade they just said, "All right, we'll get them in there. Just keep going. Just keep making right. the game. Just do everything you possibly can." Right. It, it's uh, I mean, it really comes down to me into two categories. Of one of them is the you know the ways they streamline the RPG genre in ways that I didn't even think were necessary and then the other is just the sheer devotion to creating what is almost certainly the most sophisticated and creative world on in of a wii game certainly but possibly for this console generation i mean it's it's they went way above and beyond what was necessary to get their point across for the game absolutely i mean every time you enter a new environment i mean it's just mind-blowing how how big it is and how much there is to see. I mean, especially if you start tackling the side quests. I mean, there's so many nook and crannies that you could just completely avoid and never even discover. And um, and it rewards you for finding those. A lot of times it'll give you experience every time you find those. And obviously the side quests give you items and help you uh, level up quicker, so making uh, the enemies and the bosses a little easier to handle. But um, I absolutely agree. I mean, and every environment feels different. I mean, as you're traversing, you know, the the world. Yep. Um, it's great. And and they're all, I mean, not just unique, but they're they're aesthetically pleasing to be in. I, there are they, there's examples where you'll encounter sort of natural environments that are pretty breathtaking or are just sort of uniquely haunting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I mentioned in the write up for this one that there's a a scene in a forest that's the trees all have a luminosity to them. But it really isn't until nighttime that you can sort of appreciate what's going on. And you could, you could in theory, pass through the entire forest without hitting nighttime. But yeah, it, if you just ran through, yeah, straight through. You're talking about like the the swamp, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I just played through that, uh, like, last week. And, yeah, it's great. And the music, too, at nighttime is, like, it just perfect. It just, like, it strikes perfectly, you know? It just sets you in this mood. It's really amazing. Um, I, I can't remember the last time I've just been walking through a game and, like, really been taken aback like that, especially a Wii game. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of amazing. But, I mean, there's, there's lots of things in the game, though, where... Um, it doesn't sound like you've gotten there yet, but there's a point where, I mean, the whole game takes place on these two giant monolith characters, these these big golems that died at some point. And mm-hmm. a lot of times you can make out parts of their body on the in the, in the terrain, but there's a point mm-hmm. where you can, if you so choose, climb to the very top of one of them. There's no mm-hmm. reason to go there explicitly, and it takes forever to get there. <laughs> uh, the game the game never tells you to go there, and it's not immediately apparent how you would do it. You kind of have to explore a little bit to get up there. And when you get up there, you're just greeted with this unbelievable view of everything. Just, mm-hmm. just looking at because you're insanely high up at this point. And also, there's this giant freaking terror bird that's like a level 120 there waiting to annihilate you. <laughs> so you're just looking out over the view, and you take one step too far, and you turn around, and there's this bird's nest with this Quizzicotal just sitting there waiting to annihilate you. And uh, your, your choices are jump, which takes a really long time to fall, or just run. And yeah. run is probably advisable, but he's probably going to catch you. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> um, and there's no way you can beat that thing until you're many levels stronger. And that's that's one of the neat things about the game. Like, you'll be wandering around and you'll see all these different enemies, or not even enemies, different creatures in the environment that you may choose to kill if you so decide. And some of them are enormously powerful and enormously sized things that just sort of... They're, they're, they're amazing to watch walk around, but at the same time you're giving them wide berth because you're terrified of them. Right, because if you happen to get near one, especially if it is like one that's aggressive and will come after you, I mean that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're boned. I mean, there's been times I've been fighting regular enemies, and one of them just happens to walk by, and then it's just like, well, you're dead now. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it does make it seem like a like a real like kind of living world rather than it just like enemies for some reason progressively get tougher the further right. you get it's, in the game. You know, everything around the, around town is bunnies, and everything towards the end of the game is giant hulking beasts. It's yeah, at the I think the first the first real environment you encounter outside of town there's there's big giants that are that they sort of move around in a pack and they're not they're not aggressive but um if you accidentally piss one off you're in trouble yeah and even absolutely. even having beaten the game those things are still really menacing <laughs> yeah definitely uh alex you've been quiet what what do you have to say on uh, i guess the topic of of the world at least at this point oh well it's been a while since I played it. Like, I played it when it came out earlier this year. And everything James said is true. But the thing I wanted to focus on more is how incredible the story is. Uh, see, it's... Some of it is just standard JRPG fare. Yep. But once you see... Once you think you have, like, a total grasp of what the story is... It totally expands and becomes something totally different. And then after that, it expands again, and I think one more time after that in, like, the last five minutes. Oh, God. That ending. Which, (laughs) Scott, it is worth playing for the ending. I'm I'm going to. I've set the goal for myself. I want to beat this game before the Wii U comes out. So I've given myself, like, a good, like, what, two months, I guess, to to get it done. I, I, I kind of try to play about an hour, hour and a half every day. So I think I'll get there. Yeah, it's it is the end. The story itself is 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 so is actually really integrated into the world. 
I mean, it's it it really is the story of the world more than it is the story of the characters. I mean, obviously, in in more detail, it's about these characters, but it's it's a larger story. It's it's I mean, it's really sort of the the climax of the creation story of this world. It's it's sort of the last arc of of what would be considered in most cultures a creation story. So you sort of get exposed to it progressively through the through the game, especially towards the end where it really starts to be clear what you're dealing with. But but then then the end comes and you're just like whoa whoa what? <laughs> especially because I, I, I didn't have any warning. I was just like oh yeah, okay. yeah that's exactly. I keep hearing that reaction to the ending, and, and fortunately enough, I've stayed away from any spoilers. So I'm looking forward to getting to that point. You know, even though I'm going to have to invest like seventy more hours to probably get there. I mean, how, how many hours did it take both of you to finish the game? Now, now, Alex, I know you flew through it because you were trying to review it. I was about 70. Yeah, I was I was high 60s. And oh, then, that's not bad. Okay. No. See, no. Everyone, everyone keeps, like, scaring me and telling me it's going to be, like, over 100. It could um, be. I mean, you could I mean, do that. Yeah. Yeah, if you chose to do everything, which I do find myself doing a lot of the side quests. But, I, yeah, I hope to... That That's not bad, then. That gives me confidence because that makes me feel like I'm maybe close to halfway through... Or, like, yep. at least over a third of the way through, which is good. Yeah, I, I ended up pat, padding mine out to about 80, just with extra stuff at the end. After finishing it and going yeah. back and stuff. Okay. Because uh, it's... There's there's just stuff... Like, even now, if I were to pull the game up, I'd probably find at least one place I haven't visited before if I looked long enough. Yeah. But it's... it's I mean, it's really easy to miss to miss things, so it's not all that surprising. Yeah, absolutely. Um... We we have to keep this kind of short. So the the other main thing I want to focus on, I guess, is the the combat system, which I, I find really rewarding. I think it's kind of like it reminds me like it pulls a little bit from some of the later Final Fantasy games, where you're basically in control of one character and then your other two kind of kind of are off on their own. I mean, you can tell them to do things, um, but for the most part, they it's situational. They kind of know what to do. They heal you if you need to be healed. If you use a move that then another move can be used to like knock the enemy down, for instance, they'll usually do it. Right. Um, and I think it, I think it's all really well done, and it's a very like kind of fast and intense uh, battle system, especially once it gets more complex and you do fight tougher enemies and like there's you know status ailments and all that kind of stuff involved. And you can actually use a, use a certain skill that lets you sort of chain your attacks with theirs together and build these really intricate combos. Right, which is really cool. Yeah, the chain attacks. Yeah, that, that allow you to essentially just annihilate things. I mean, really, towards some of the later boss battles, you have to execute a chain attack to be a, a chain attack to be effective because you have to do things in a certain order or they won't work, which puts a little bit of a puzzle into the battle. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, it's the thing about the battle system for me that makes it interesting is a it's it's real time, so it's and it's it's action control. I mean, you don't tell your character to attack; they just attack when they're in range. But any special attacks you tell them to execute, right? But uh, you can turn and run because it all takes place in the world environment. So it's you know there's literally you see enemies and then when you get close enough, a fight starts. It doesn't it doesn't take you out to a battle screen and bring you back to the main world. Yeah. Which is which is nice because it means, like I said, oh crap! Turn around, run the other way. Right, and then it off it, it creates those situations where you can get completely boned by just fighting too close to other enemies. You know, where other yes. enemies will get drawn to the battle just by having to walk through, which is really neat. And like you said, running away, you physically run away. It's not like you hold the L and R triggers and then you know the battle ends. Like you literally just have to run away until you out. You know, you outrun them, um, which is really kind of neat. I do find the game doesn't feel, which is, I mean, this is nice. It doesn't feel the need to punish losses. 
it, I mean, because of the, the games, the system the game has, the checkpoint system, where A, you can warp to any checkpoint you've been to, but B, the checkpoints themselves are just that, they're checkpoints. If you die, you just go to the to the last one you pass through, and there's so many of them. Odds are, it's pretty close to where you left off. Exactly, and you don't lose experience, you don't lose money, you're not yeah, you're not you don't lose progress. You just you just pick back up and keep going. Yep. And if you do win a battle or you run away from it, everybody's back on their feet like nothing happened, which is nice. You don't have to worry about carrying out a bunch of healing items for outside a battle. Exactly. You can, you can use save those for when you actually need them. Well, uh. If I may be so bold about the battle system, I would actually argue that Xenoblade's combat is kind of like an evolution of the traditional JRPG, where it's like originally a series of menus, you pick something, you take turns, and now it's in full 3D, it has full action, everything flows seamlessly, but it still incorporates everything you love about the traditional format. I would say that's fair. I mean, it's it's not... It's not as sharp a departure as something like a Tales game, where it's it's more of a brawler-based combat. But it's it's certainly not grinding through menus Final Fantasy One style either. It's it's a it's sort of a nice mix, and you don't have to worry as much about setting up the minute details. But at the same time, you do have to sort of set up a, a larger battle strategy in many of the fights. Right, and there's times, especially if you, I think you can change who you you play as, but if you yes. play as Shulk. I mean, you have a lot of powerful attacks, but you're not as strong, so you need to, like, balance between using your powerful attacks and not drawing too much aggro where enemies start coming after you. So there, there's some strategy there where it's like, you have those powerful attacks available to you, but you need to space them out um, and not just go full out using those, otherwise you're just going to get killed right away. Right, because the enemies um, do actually look towards who they feel is most threatening in most cases. Exactly. And there are characters who draw aggro, and will we'll keep that focus, but yeah, if you get to, like, yeah, just brazen with, with using your, your special abilities, then they're all going to focus on you, and then you're just totally boned. Um, which is cool, and there's a lot of situational stuff, like you, to use certain attacks, you have to go behind the enemy, or to this side of the enemy, uh, for them to be effective. Um, and that stuff's just really neat. Yeah, and then there's just a whole mess of other things to do. I mean, there's gem crafting, there's, um, you know, skill trees. You, you learn skills, and then other people, if you've got a strong enough bond with them, can use those skills as well, um, the skill links and stuff. I mean, there's just so much. It's such a deep game. Yeah, I mean, there's... Um, it's there's, incredible. There's a whole system of side events where if you develop relationships between characters, you can watch these mini vignettes where they talk to each other, and you actually get some form of what these characters... You know how they've formed some kind of of partnership, which there's no you don't have to do them, and they're just interspersed throughout the map. And you, I mean, you just sort of go seek them out and spend time at them and and try them out. And it takes actual effort to unlock a lot of them because it's not like you have to have legitimately developed how they feel about each other. And that's what's cool too is that it's this sort of organic way of encouraging you to use every character and like mix and match and get everyone you know build bonds between every character. You know, it's not just so much well. I like these because they're aesthetically pleasing to me. I mean, there there is some amount of wanting to give everyone a chance in like in battle and use everyone. Uh, uh, there's, I mean, there's so much stuff in this town in this game. I mean, there's even like a a town building mini game at one point. I mean, yeah, with Colony Six, yeah. It's it's really really just over the top amount of stuff that's in it. I I actually I mean I can't really speak highly enough of the game. I mean it even it even streamlines things like inventory management, so you don't have to deal with the the standard Final Fantasy trope of you've got twenty items, you're out of space. It's it's nice. It's a very nice. It's just things you don't have to worry about that most JRPGs force you to worry about. 
are all sort of cleared up here. Yeah, it's very thoughtful and mindful of the genre and like how to make things better for the player. And all these things we're talking about, you know, with the, the bonds and, and to some extent the gems and then the, the town building minigame. I mean, it's all stuff that's there, but you don't have to do. I mean, you can just run from objective to objective, you know, main storyline objective and just play the game. But there's so much there for someone who really wants to get lost in this world, which I think is great. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think we need to wrap up here, but... Yeah, I think none of us can say enough of how great this game is. Alex, what did you give it when you reviewed it? I gave it a nine and a half, and we will not talk about why it took off that last <laughs> point five. Yeah, that, that, that's that's been done to death at this point. A lot of the time, when I play video games nowadays, since I've played so many, like both of you, a game is either really good or it's not so good, and that's really it for me nowadays. But when I played Xenoblade... It gave me, like, the kind of feelings when I play some of my favorite games ever. Like, it's so huge, there's so much to do, there's so much memories, especially in the stuff that happens later in the game. Even the boss fights that kind of suck are still memorable and awesome in their own way. And, like, once it gets to that final act, like, I'm going to remember some of that stuff for a long time to come. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, even stuff that isn't especially significant. I mean, just like there's a bridge you walk out on and see a waterfall. Like, that that stuck with me. I mean, I played the game probably a year ago now, and that, that still, you know, the moment when I saw that for the first time, it still resonates with me. It's like, wow, that, that was unbelievable. And yeah. it's, I mean, it's just one little thing that's encapsulated in the grander experience. I mean, I, I had the, the pleasure slash weird situation of having reviewed uh, Radiant Historia about like a few months before I played this so there was this weird experience of going from one extreme to the other of these really amazing memorable experiences and it's it's really just it, it just feel it's like it's something I've felt playing an RPG since I don't know I was young like a very young person experiencing it for the first time right like like oh my I mean no comment on the what, how we view it now, but like playing Final Fantasy VII for the first time, or even some of the older ones, you know, six or something like that. Sure. Um, yeah, or like Chrono Trigger or something. Yeah, there, there's a magic there that I think is is replicated in this game, and I, I think it's easily the best RPG of this generation. Like no contest. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a. It, there's unfortunately there aren't enough people there, or there aren't enough games there to contest it. It would be nice if there were more, but there's just, yeah. there just wasn't a lot of them in position to, to stand up to it. Right. So, yeah, and, and the soundtrack's amazing, which you, the listener, will hear at the beginning and at the end of this. Um, so, all right, well, that's Xenoblade Chronicles. If you are at all an RPG fan, you have to play this. Um, and it is, without a doubt, one of the top ten best Wii games. So, uh, yeah, so James, Alex, thanks for being here. Thanks. And uh, we'll see you guys later. Bye.